The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. We are the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. In fact, we invite you to become the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. It's nice to be together again. It is indeed. You know, today our focus is on the power of kind words. And actually, I think specifically on the power of words. But in this case, we're re- referencing them as those that are kind as a preference for those that are not so kind. Right. And um, this may seem on the surface a lightweight topic. But it is really a subject of crucial and critical importance. And why? Because we all make a lot of karma with our voices. And one you know, ill-timed word can have a lifelong impact on another person. So it behooves us to be careful. So let's start there. You know, how easy is it to rack up the karma points when we use our throat chakras? Well, you know, Tom, I... These things we're talking about today, I mean, these are not new concepts. No. And any of the major world religions all talk about this and the things in here and the kindness and how you talk and act and so forth. I mean, uh, Paul talked about the tongue as we think of being an unruly thing, and we know (laughs) that. And so I think what we're going to try and do today is put it in the ascended master context. In other words, the law behind the law, so to speak. In other words, sure, we know it's nice to be kind to people, but do we really understand the depth of what it means to be kind? or unkind, Mm -hmm. you know, from a karmic point of view and other points of view. Because I think what we need to understand is some of us kind of have a tough exterior, you know, we're tough, we can take it, you know, type of thing. But remember, our souls can be very fragile. They can be very tender. And I remember one of the masters said once, think of each soul as a tender flower. And, um, you know, when people look at me, I don't think they think of a tender flower. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, it's understanding how precious each soul is, the inner child, the soul, <clears throat> and how we have to be kind to the inner child, not only our own inner child, but others' inner child, because we so look at the surface. I mean, we all do this so much. We need to look beyond that. You know, and uh, you allude to a very important point. We don't just think in terms of being kind and saying kind things to others. It's also how we have our own self-talk. Absolutely. We can be just critical as all get out about ourselves and think nothing of it. Yeah, let, let me bring up a, a radio program or a TV show that I just saw within the last week or so uh, on public broadcasting, and it had to do with uh, bullying and and how it affected oh, three, yeah. three young young people, teenagers in particular. Uh, one girl, just because her nose had a little bit of a hook to it, uh, had been so bullied she no longer went to school. She wanted surgery. The program was about these these kids getting surgery, you know, to change their looks. 
but it just absolutely, in two of the three in particular, absolutely devastating to their souls mm-hmm. and their mission and their lives and everything <clears throat> simply because of bullying. And, you know, yeah. another thing that tells me, Terry, is that they don't know who they are. They've never been taught that they're sons and daughters of God. And whatever the physical appearance on the outer, you know, they have God within them. That That's gives right. them self-esteem. It gives them worth. It gives them a perspective. So, again, bringing in the Ascender Master context of this, we know how devastating bullying can be. But think of when people understand who they really are, how perhaps it might be easier for them to overcome these outer things. It would, because they would once they knew that God was within and, and this was the way they were supposed to look and one thing or another, they'd say, well, take a hike. I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? You know what yeah, I'm it just, would change their whole I'm attitude. I'm reminded of you know, the story of Esau, <laughs> who, who was actually an embodiment of, of Mark Prophet, uh-huh. and he was very deformed. Mm-hmm. And yes, people right. were unmerciful, as you can imagine. He was yeah. a, like a hunchback or something. Yeah. But it, you read the Aesop stories, and, and he really was, he didn't let it bother him at all. And, you know, look, he's remembered, and all his uh, Wonderful cohorts fables. in those days are long forgotten. So yeah. Yeah. it's perspective. Well, and as you mentioned at the outset, um, Sid, that you know, we are trying to treat this from the Ascendant Master's perspective. And as we've said many times, every thought, word, and deed creates that we are co-creators with God, and the energy that we use to do that creation is God's own energy. Well, I think this, you know, we've, we've shared this before, but I think it's worth repeating. We, from our I am presence, that is where the light comes that beats our heart, gives us animation, it gives us the power to do anything. And so this pure white light comes forth from God, it comes forth through our heart and goes forth to our chakras. And when we speak, we take this pure energy of God and we qualify it. And how we qualify it, means good karma or not so good karma. Right. And so, again, this, we're talking enlightened self-interest. Not, it's not just because it's a good thing to do, but it makes us pause and think how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. And when we are critical of ourselves or others, again, those words, those thoughts have power. They don't simply stop at the limit of our lips. They have an impact on the soul, as you said, you know, Terry, of another person perhaps for a lifetime, maybe even lifetimes, right. not necessarily one. So there's no such thing as a free pass when it comes to criticism, in particular, condemnation. Yeah. We're very good at condemning people for various things that we think they're doing or not doing correctly. Yeah. And as we said at the outset, too, we do this to ourselves. We're yeah. quick to condemn. A good point of that, I was, I was rereading uh, a couple of days ago uh, the I Am Discourses, which is one of the books that uh, came forth the I Am Movement and from St. Germain. And again, reaffirming the absolute power of the words I am. And, mm-hmm. and you're putting, so we have to be so careful what we do in terms of putting power behind those words because it's sending forth out. And we do so much of this unconsciously, you know, and God help us, we shouldn't condemn ourselves because what happens is there's a certain condemnation on people in the world. You know, you're a worthless sinner, Tom. Have I told you that lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you hear that enough times, yeah, I know. you start to believe it, don't you? Sure. Yeah. So you have to challenge condemnation. And this is not indulgence. I mean, when the, you know, the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. So if Jesus and God never condemn us, then we can't condemn ourselves. We have to take accountability for what we do, but never, ever condemn yourself. In that uh, discourse you're referring to, I think they make the suggestion, I know this has been very meaningful for me, when you say, I am, if you insert the words, God in me is, then suddenly there's a whole new level of accountability for yeah. whatever it is you're yeah. saying. Yeah. God, yeah. God in me is sick? God in me is tired? Well, no, your human experience is such 
but not the God in you. And, and you don't <laughs> pretend that, that you know, you're well when you're, you've got a problem and you need to take care of it and get the medical treatment and so forth. But it's an acknowledgement of how power your words are. Oh. And it's interesting, I just, if I had one more thing here, sure. is St. Germain was giving this teaching as people start to do affirmations in the name I am, that I am, and so forth. And he said, what happens is they go for a while, and because everything hasn't miraculously changed overnight, they say, oh, it's not working, or, it, you know, I'm not doing it right. Well, you know what? We've been building some of these momentums for a very long time, and they don't necessarily disappear overnight. No. But again, an understanding of the use of the tongue of the throat chakra will uh, give us or prevent so much pain in our own lives and so much pain in the lives of others. And plus, there's a, there's a cycling, you know. So when you, when you make that affirmation, it cycles through the spiritual and then the mental and the emotional and finally comes into the physical. So there's a, there, it could take some time for you to see things. And, and the other thing is, of course, it gathers more of its own. So if we send forth anger, not only do you get that anger back, it picks up more anger in, in route because yeah. like attracts like. Oh boy. Same thing with kindness and love. It picks up more love when it comes back to you. Yeah. So if you look around and say, well, why does that person have so much more than I have? Or, 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 you know, I want that person's life or I want this or that. What did they do that deserved this? <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? It could be a test for them or it could be the result of right decisions and the right use of energy, not just in this lifetime, but going way, way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, we've invited people many times who are listening to try doing it, the decrees, even for a few minutes every day, and to see over time the power. Now, we know stories of people who have had immediate results and others of, who have, have not had immediate results. In fact, maybe over months or even years, they've not really seen any appreciable difference. The point is to make it a practice, to do this as a way of using your throat chakra properly. So doing decrees, I am a being of violet fire, you begin to... Train yourself to think of yourself differently. And then as you do that, you also think of other people differently as well because you put it into a context that is, as we said at the outset of the show, the ascended master context. And, and you know what happens, Tom? It's not just a matter of reinforcing this concept in you. You become it. Yes, you become it. And that's no, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, becoming the light within. Well, wait a minute. I can become the light within? <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> well, you know, it's what would Jesus do? What would the Christ do? We begin by doing those things. We learn by invoking light with our throat chakra mm-hmm. and calling it forth that has an alchemical effect on our four lower bodies, on our aura, on our karma, on everything. So we're talking about, you know, a twofold path here of not only transmuting our personal karma and bringing forth the light, but using that light to help others, whether it's praying for people or even in the daily interaction with them. Yep. You never know what that kind word is going to mean to people. Oh, I know. And what kind of a burden they may be under, you know. And just simply the, uh, the right smile, the right glance. And, and conversely, you know, uh, you, could, you can do devastating things by just the wrong glance. You know, just the eyes rolling above and a, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. we just, every, every little thing, you know, your body language. I remember when I was in graduate school, uh, we had a Rinpoche um, come to the campus and, and give a talk to some of the people in a different department. And, and I heard, Rinpoche is? Basically, he was one of the, the uh, <laughs> a, a Buddhist, I mean, he, he was advanced in terms of his attainment in the... In the, um, the field of Buddhism. The field of Buddhism. <laughs> okay. I'm looking for that word. <laughs> but his, he said a very interesting thing. He said, are you familiar with chaos theory? And we go, what? Does it have to do with anything? And he said, well, you know, you've heard that story about a butterfly flapping its wings 
in the northern hemisphere and it causes a hurricane in the southern hemisphere somehow. There's this relationship where it starts there and it ends up over here and it's something totally different when it's done than when it started. So here's the point. You smile at somebody, you start a ripple effect. You may never know who they are, what kind of life they've lived or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. You've given them an opportunity to experience something positive, something from your heart, hopefully to their heart. They then carry that forward. They, they decide they're going to be kind in, in turn to somebody else. And that goes on. This is the, there was a movie, Pay It Forward, I think, or there was yeah. something like yeah. this. Oh, yeah. And his point was very simple, but yet I thought it was very poignant to say that every single act, whether you ever know the consequence or not, creates and is important. And if you don't take the opportunity to do something nice, what are you doing instead? Either nothing or something contrary. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and this is, I think it's important, too, to, to emphasize that this, we're not looking for behavioral changes. No, I mean, well, we are in one sense, yeah. but in another sense, it's got to go much deeper than that. We're not trying to program people to be nice in their human consciousness. We want to practice honoring God within us and honoring God in others by the way we interact with people. That's the core of it. It's not, we're not trying to be people pleasers. In fact, we're trying to be God pleasers is what we're trying to do. Very well said. Because people pleasers don't help the soul necessarily a lot. We'll talk about that in another segment. But we are not just trying to be, quote, nice people. We're trying to manifest the God qualities that are part of our Christ self, of the Christ consciousness, as we put on our Christ consciousness. Again, it's not about perfecting the human. Forget it. It's not about making... Terry, a nice person at a human level, although, you know, much nicer than a mean person, but, but it goes much deeper than that. That's what I'm, that, that's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Yeah. It's a deep, it, on the surface, it may look at one thing, but it goes very, very deep. Well, and I, I thank you for, for clarifying that, too, because I think that's central to what we're trying to get across today. Yeah. It really is probably, it's not a lesson, it's a message. Um, and on that note, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we are talking today about kindness and kind words heal is the title of the show. But it's much deeper, as you said, than that, and much more pervasive in our culture, too, to have that choice. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the difference between sympathy and compassion. Whoa. Okay? Mm-hmm. So please stay with us. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. 
Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about the power of kindness. That's right. The title is Kind Words Heal, but it's, as we've said already, much deeper than that. And as promised, we thought we'd start off this segment talking a bit about the difference between sympathy and compassion. Want to take that one, Sid? Sure. Well, um, you know, sympathy is a very common word, but it's misunderstood. When you have sympathized with someone you're coming down to their level. In other words, wherever they are in pain, whatever that might be. And um, the intentions are good, but it doesn't help that person to come up higher. When you have compassion with a person, it doesn't mean you don't feel their pain or understand what they're going through, but you set a higher standard to help them come up higher. Because if you allow to get into the sympathy on an ongoing basis, they're not going to make any progress. It doesn't mean you're unkind or insensitive to them. It just means you hold a higher ideal. Yeah, well, I think that we've heard the definition before that sympathy is agreement with limitation. And compassion, I think roughly translated, is with heart. But the heart is a pure element where sometimes tough love, we've talked about this before, can be compassionate. Sometimes you have to say no when you're... Being is crying out to say yes, but you understand the difference. Well, here's an example. Let's say a child has some sort of handicap, okay? And obviously you accommodate the physical needs and so forth. But is true love to keep affirming that handicap? Or is true love and true compassion saying, hey, this is what you might do to, to, you know, to overcome whatever limitation you experience or to do it differently? Mm-hmm. And we see this all the time. In other words, oh, you poor thing, you can't do anything because you're handicapped or the other side of the coin is, well, what can you do? And, of course, the world is full of people who have been handicapped and tr- accomplished tremendous oh, things. Helen, Helen Keller was noted for famously saying, I don't want your sympathy. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, c- compassion and empathy are one and the same, are they? I've, I've heard um, this, don't be sympathetic, be empathetic, you know. Well, empathy means feeling with. I'm sure that, you know, sympathy and empathy are coming from the same root. Okay. So, I have a feeling that compassion and empathy are not necessarily the not same necessarily thing. The same. Okay. But I, you know, take it one step further, empathy is a certain level of sensitivity Maybe that's to it. somebody else, yeah. you know, and so maybe what they're going through, but it doesn't necessarily mean you agree yeah, you don't with the limitation. It. You don't tie and, into and, it. And sometimes, you know, we don't have to fix everything for people. Yeah. There's a tendency, well, you have this problem, I'm going to fix it for you. It doesn't mean you don't help people. Of course you help people. 
But sometimes they're going through something because they have a very important lesson to learn. And we support them to allow them to learn that lesson and, and not, you know, to, to be angry or rebellious or whatever against it and to understand they're going through pain, even if, you know, they're the cause of it, like we're the cause of all our own pain for the most part. Right. You know, we have compassion and understanding, but what can we do to help them? It's not just fixing it. It's not just saying, oh, you poor thing. It's, it's being there, being support just by your physical presence, and it's also at the appropriate time, perhaps there's something you could say or share that might help them come up higher. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I think it was St. Paul, you know, love is patient, love is kind. You know, I mean, that, that's a recipe for a happy life. If you can be patient with people in spite of their idiosyncrasies or whatever their shortcomings may be, and you can be kind even when you maybe don't feel like it. You know, it's a choice. Well, well think, of, think of Job's comforters. I mean, wouldn't you like to have friends like Job? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you must have really blown it, Job. <laughs> you know, if these things happen to you, well, that's, thanks a lot. Yeah, you know? I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> so, you know, of course we have compassion. Of course yeah. we understand when people go through pain, and we want to help them in any way we can, but not in the wrong way. No. Let me, uh, let's touch on, on gossip. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we, before we came onto this segment, we were talking about gossiping over the, over the back fence. and one thing right. another. Now, it seems like a harmless enough thing, but it is not. Uh, can you explain what really happens when people gossip, you know, Lady A speaking to Lady B? Don't, talking make, this, of, don't make this sexist. Oh, How boy. Could <laughs> man A yeah, to man could, B, could right? Be, yeah, a couple of guys, you know, and they're from one garage to the next. Uh, and so they're talking about a, a neighbor or somebody in the community that, that uh, has a problem. Who's not present. Who's not present. <laughs> and, and, uh, and they're just gossiping and they're just talking about that person. And it could be, it could be leaning negatively or positively or whatever. But it, well, it, t- it tends to lean negatively, I think, yeah, for the most part. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said or did or whatever? Right. Well, first of all, I think gossip in general is notoriously inaccurate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so... You, you might not be speaking the truth at all, okay. number one. Number two, again, you're taking the energy and power of your throat chakra and you're misqualifying it in negativity. That doesn't mean you don't, don't pretend that, you know, you're not oblivious to what's going on. You still have discernment and understanding. But you're affirming the negative in a person. Mm-hmm. Mother Mary teaches about the immaculate con- con- concept where you're holding the immaculate concept for a soul that they can really achieve the highest and the greatest. How many stories have we hold about someone says, my mother always thought yeah. I could really do this. She had the vision for me, right. and I accomplished it. Well, gossip does the opposite. Mm-hmm. It pulls a person down. So, you, number one, you can be lying because it might not be true, or you may think it's true and it's not. Number two, you're actually pulling that person down and reinforcing any negative behavior in that person. In other words, you're strengthening them because you're acknowledging it, giving right. power and, to it. And they don't have to be present to be affected. Yeah. Right. This affects them at a, well, there's no distance. Yeah. Right? Have we understood that yeah. you talk negatively about somebody, whether it's a demeaning statement or concept, or it's gossip, their soul feels it, even if they're not they consciously aware. They feel the condemnation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I really am a bad person, so it doesn't matter what I do anyway. Well, and that's why it's not innocent. As you said earlier, Terry, just because you say it when you're not in the presence of the person you're talking about doesn't mean that they don't feel it or are affected by it. Right. They are. Yeah. So you don't get a free pass by simply saying something out of earshot the yeah. person you're talking about. And it's not honorable. It no, is not no, honorable. And, you know, I'm sure we've all been around people that when someone else started talking about this third person, 
And of course, the thought that comes to my mind, what do they say about me when I'm not around? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, and right. The technique that I used when I used to work and that would happen, and you know, you, it's, sometimes you can't, you're gossiping, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you can't say that. But I would always find something positive to say about this person. If someone was creating it, you know, what I really like about Bob is da-da-da-da-da. In right. other words, you change the whole energy around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe they'll get the hint, you know. But those people say, oh, you know, what, what's the news? What's the news? What's the news? You know, they're almost looking for failure in other people right. that somehow that makes them feel better. Well, and criticism, sarcasm, sharpness, impatience, they all kind of fit into that same area. That it may not be gossip that we're referring to necessarily as the only form of negative you know, use of the throat chakra, there's all these different ways that we speak to each other, making fun of somebody. And, you know, you know and, and, and especially a parent saying to a child, you're never going to amount to a thing. <laughs> Talk oh, about oh, a, that is black magic. It's a it curse yeah. that's put upon people. You're never going to amount to anything. That, that's an incantation of black magic. Well, now, and that takes us to a point, I think we we're actually, I'm glad we're focusing there, that when we speak about our practice, we talk about positive affirmation and decrees. When we talk about gossip and sarcasm and belittling and be demeaning, they are, as you just said, those are decrees. Yeah. And <laughs> the power, we have to understand that they have great power. And there's nothing innocent about it. And if we think that we're, they're innocent, we're being ignorant. And if, if, you, if we think we have to build ourselves up by putting other people's down, yeah. then we're way off base. Why do we have to build ourselves up? God is within us. Yeah. You know, I mean, what more can you ask for? Um, you know, walk with dignity yourself and treat other people with dignity. Respect their souls, even though they may not be perfect in an outwardly, you know, behavioral aspect. Allow them to have dignity in your presence and allow them to have dignity when you're talking about them some other time, you know. Mm. And, and it, sometimes it's nice to say, Boy, did you see what, what Mary did the other day? That was one of the kindest things I've ever seen. Hmm. You know, that's yeah. a positive thing. You're acknowledging their dignity. Tom, you know, we were, before we started, you had shared a little bit about sarcasm. And I, I, why don't you tell that uh, to the uh, audience here, what, <laughs> you know, how that happened in your life? Well, it was in a family environment, basically, where sarcasm was kind of the, the, um, the means by which a lot of communication happened. And it was done in a way that was not... Um, frowned upon. I don't want to indict anybody here because uh, some of these people are still alive. But I think the point was that we were trained to accept a certain level of sarcasm as being normal. And that when people were relating to each other and that level of sarcasm basically was was demeaning, what we learned from that, I think this is maybe the point you're going to, is that it's a life lesson that what we see in others, we strengthen in ourselves. So if we have any kind of a reaction to somebody else and we either express that sarcastically or caustically or whatever, that what we're seeing there, we can look inside and say, you know, there's a part of that in me. So I will heal my own psychology first. And when I do that, then it it diffuses it. There's no more reason for that to be externalized. You know, I I can agree with that or understand that because, um, you know, my family is is a British background. And, of course, sarcasm and dry humor is very much a part of the British culture. And so it becomes a habit. And the, I the put down. Uh, yeah, and I use sarcasm and say, well, not not try not to use it in a mean way, you know, <laughs> quote unquote. But oh, that was just fun. Well, you know what? It's never okay, and I'll tell you why. Because it's not the way that God would talk to God, you know. And so we like to laugh. We like a sense of humor. 
But it's a, it's a habit. And so I've tried to break myself of that habit, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because it's just not who I want to be. And uh, again, we're not trying to modify behavior, but we're trying to honor the light within ourselves and with others and the way we interact with people. And it comes back to the title of this show, Kind Words Heal. What do unkind words do? Indeed, and you just mentioned something else, too. If, if those of you who have been with us for a while remember the show recently where we talked about a little handy acronym, ACT, A-C-T, was awaken to the light within, connect to that light, and then talk like God. <laughs> I mean, literally, talk and act as God would. As you said, how would God talk to how himself? How would God talk to God? If you apply that to any interaction that you have, you're going to have an amazing Experience and remember, God's humble too. <laughs> <laughs> he always says nice things about you. Huh? You know, I was I was working on a, a, a sermon lately, uh, recently, and I like to get quotes sometimes. Well, if you want to put in quotes from Mother Teresa about love, and see what comes up, and they are some of the most profound, beautiful teachings on love from this dear soul of great attainment, who we all understand she knew how to love. And uh, this is who we want to be like. This is, and again, not in a glad hand, you know, kind of a salesman motif, you know, <laughs> where I'm going to be nice to you because I want something from you. Yeah. I'm going to be nice to you because I honor the God that is within you. And in spite of some of your outer appearances, you know, I know that God is in there and it's more than who you are. You're not just your outer behavioral patterns. There is God within you. And like you said, Tom, the single word may go so deep to a soul that you never know. Effect, effect of my and, and you know, uh, as a as a little uh, kind of a red flag that you can wave for yourself, if something, if something somebody is doing is irritating you, ch- check with yourself first and say, what is it in me yeah. that has a problem with this, <laughs> and counter it by saying something kind or giving the person a hug or thinking about something really sweet that that person is made of. Indeed. Boy, do I got to work on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a little break okay. here. And when we come back uh, in this subject of kindness, let's talk about what it means to be proactively kind, not just in reaction or response kindness, but actually going the extra mile and maybe even talk about the joy of doing something that's unpopular, you know, because sometimes we're put on the spot. So let's take that break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. 
To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And yes, we are back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom. He's Terry. And he's Sid. Still. And yes, still. (laughs) Amazingly, you guys are pretty steady. Uh, We're talking today about uh, the relative strength of kindness, both in word and deed. And before we went on the break, we were talking about how sometimes kindness is something you can do proactively. You don't wait for it to happen. You don't wait for the experience, but rather you seek it out. And there are people out there in uh, our worlds and your worlds who probably would love to have a kind word or a smile. And uh, we never know what kind of weight or pain people are carrying. We, we don't. And, you know, I'm just <clears throat> reminded of a story Mother Teresa told where she was in an American city, actually, and she was a very, you know, kind of bad area with a lot of homeless people and so forth. And there was a homeless person, apparently, sitting on a curb. It looked, you know, very poorly dressed, dirty and everything. Mother Teresa went up and put her arm around him. And he burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And he, she said to him, well, why are you crying? He said, I haven't felt the touch of a human hand for years. Mm. Oh my God. And yeah. so you think of, of, you know, when you think of homeless people or whatever, you don't even think of that concept, you know. And, and so it's, I think we have to understand that people bear pain. They may be very functional on the outer, do a good job or in school or whatever, but very often, in fact, who doesn't bear some sort of inner pain from something that happened in their lives, in their family, some loss, some grief, some very, very difficult thing. And so people carry pain in their hearts. And so we have to acknowledge that. Again, we're not sympathizing with it, but we have compassion. And that's where a kind word to someone sometime that uplifts them, that encourages them, that acknowledges something good in them. And everyone has something good in them. You know, we can acknowledge and honor. And that, that little act of kindness gives them a dignity. It gives them a self-worth. It gives them, hey, I can really overcome this. I'm more than just this problem. I'm more than just this pain. And, of course, from a, a Santa Master perspective, We're not just talking about this embodiment. We're talking about literally hundreds and hundreds of embodiments or thousands. And who knows what pain we bear from some of those. So God can heal everything. But there comes a time 
when we have to be the instrument of God in terms of kindness, in terms of giving, in terms of honoring the soul. And maybe that's a meal. Maybe in Mother Teresa's case, that's a hug for mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, again, we're behavioral. It's from the heart, not from the mind, from the heart. And people feel that if it's from your heart. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, a, it's an amazingly powerful act to, to be graceful, to be gentle, to be make magnanimous and kind. And like you said, it doesn't take much to do it, but it can make all the difference. Somebody might have come here just to, to solve that pain, to finally overcome whatever well, that disability well, may be. I, that's a good point, Tom, because I read a teaching recently where there, there can be souls of tremendous attainment, very accomplished souls filled with a tremendous causal body from all their accomplishments and carrying so much of the Christ conscious, but they might have one ray or one aspect of them that really is, is, is weak. And so they'll take embodiment just to work on that ray. Right. Well, you don't see all their attainment. You see their weakness. Mm-hmm. And yet if you could look beyond that, this is a tremendous soul of great light. And yeah, they're, they're dealing with some issue right now, but it's minor in the scheme of things, but they got to clean it up. And so we have to be so careful not to judge, you know, and there might be a tendency to say, you know, if we see a person that has some deformity or some problem, so forth, boy, that's quite a karma that person's got, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not being very compassionate. And, and, and another reason we have to be more compassionate with people is sometimes people will take world karma on themselves. So we're ready to condemn them because they're not too smart or too bright or they have this handicap or whatever. And you don't know what world karma they're bearing so that other souls may be saved. Indeed, and, and you know, sometimes you can be kind by asking uh, people about, you know, I'll, I'll find myself saying, so tell me how you lost your hand, yeah. you know, rather than just pretending that it's not there. And, and uh, many times they'll, they'll open up. Maybe they want to talk about it. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a kind thing I've done by recognizing it and, and you know, and doing it in a in a and the vibration way. that you do it. The yeah. vibration yeah. that you do it. Yeah. You know, I've got to tell you this quick little story. When I was in um, college, I had a roommate who was a thalidomide baby. He, uh-huh. he was missing oh, yeah. part of his um, right arm. In fact, it ended at the elbow. And it didn't stop him a bit. He played baseball in college. I mean, in high school, and he also learned how to strum a guitar. He made this little apparatus so he could oh, actually wow. strum a guitar. We were together um, with a couple of friends one night, and um, this young lady looked over at one point and said, I didn't realize you were left-handed. <laughs> it was so natural that she didn't even realize he only had one hand, oh, one arm. He just was, he, he did not want any sympathy. Yeah. He did not feel limited in any way. And the kindness that he generated to other people was not to make it an issue. Right. And that people, in turn, recognized something as completely normal. So, anyway, I just thought I'd share that because... Another thing I was thinking, too... It's a funny moment. If you're inspired to tell someone that you love them, do it. Because sometimes, you know, I'll say... (laughs) I'll just, you know, I don't go out of my way to do this, but I'll be inspired to say... You know, I'll say to somebody, has anybody told you yet today that they loved you? And and they'll usually say no, thank you very much, you know. And it could be that it just could be that tip, you know, of mm-hmm. the scale for the day, you know, in, in the right context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. Mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know, there again, they can tell where it's coming from yeah. if it's really from your if heart. It's, if it's real, yeah. If it's if real, it's real. Well, you know, we're talking about the throat chakra in part as the means by which we, you know, generate our comments and yeah. and critiques or kind words. But we also recognize that we're using a combination of energies, you know, the heart flame, the heart chakra. 
we're using our thinking mind, you know, the, the crown truck or the yellow flame, the illumination flame. We often talk about this, but this is probably a good point to remember is that we do have occasionally an awareness of weakness. We might have a very strong blue flame. We might have a pretty strong yellow flame, but maybe we're weak in the heart. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about being compassionate, being kind, being gentle, being gracious, we're talking about a combination of energies, not just one of them. So the heart flame is, becomes evident in how we say what we say. The illumination becomes evident by the degree to which what we say is true and pure. You know, so I think we're talking about the threefold flame here as much as anything. And, you know, uh, seeing as how you mentioned how we say it, uh, one of the notes that we had here was volume. <laughs> and um, I've, I've had occasion to, like if I didn't understand what somebody said or I didn't quite hear them, um, and then they will repeat it, but they repeat it in a loud voice that has a completely different <laughs> vibration. It has a, actually has a vibration of anger. And, and, uh, and I've responded by saying, well, you don't have to be angry. I just didn't hear it. Yeah. But it, it takes on a whole new vibration if the wrong, you know, if this extra volume is added to mm-hmm. it. People need to watch that. That's true, you know. And I, yeah. uh, for those of you that are married, you know that sometimes uh, a spouse might do something that might rub you the wrong way, especially when you've told them 15 times that's not the way to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's something that you can work. I mean, the tests come close between those nearest and dearest to you, let's yeah, face it. Yeah, and they're very How do you subtle. treat your spouse or your, treat your spouse or your child or your dog, and, you know? And this is not yeah. a little test either. I mean, we have to make sure we emphasize the fact that a kind word may seem a small thing, but it could be a huge test, mm-hmm. as big as any big test you have. Right. And, you know, getting back to what you say, you know, well, I have to speak sharply because she hasn't gotten it yet. And until <laughs> I speak sharply, she won't get it. Right. Oh See, that's the misuse of energy and so forth. And I don't know, Thomas, this is the time to talk about tough love or not sure. or, or, or whatever, yeah. but I think this is an important concept to understand. Yeah, we'll go for it. Well, I, I just think, you know, we, along with this love, there are times when love takes different forms. It's like with a child. And, Tom, you're sharing, you know, with your children, you don't want to be their friends because that's not the role you're in. Right. You know, we don't give them everything they want. Well, I want to be their friends, but not first. first yeah. First and yeah. foremost, I'm a parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't indulge a child and give them everything they want because they don't have the discernment to understand what's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll watch TV and play video games 24 hours a day, some of them, if you allow them. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not loving people to allow them to do that. And it's also true that sometimes people will be so drawn to you and your kindness and your light, they'll want to monopolize you. Yeah. You know, for selfish reasons. So, you know, you can't allow that either. You have to make sure God gives you this light and know when to give it and when to say, you know, you're not, you're taking advantage of this situation. And I, you know, this is not what I think is right for you and best for your soul. You know, sometimes you have to, to take a little tougher line. And it's not, you know, it, it takes discernment to know when that is. In other words, you know, um, you give and you give until, you know, your Holy Christ self tells you this soul needs to work on the things they've been given so far. In other words, again, it's the whole thing. You can't just keep doing everything for everybody because they don't learn. Yeah. The masters are requiring every one of us to learn. Well, and one of the hard things that we face is the um, rejection. When you say no, when you say no with compassion, sometimes that's not the answer people are looking for. Yeah. And they can just reject you, cut you off. That's a risk you take. You know, so you've got to be prepared for that because I think if we, if we think that everything's going to always have a rosy outcome, we're not going to probably be always truthful. And the things that we say may not be vetted in the same way that we would say them if we said, I, you know, I, I can't agree with you here. I, yeah, I, I must say no. I have to honor the light that God gives me. I can't, you know, 
we don't cast our pearls before swine and swinish nature, so to speak. And so you give light, you give love, you give compassion as appropriate. But at a certain point, these people have to make their own effort and they have to, to work on it themselves. Well, let me ask you this before we go to break. When do we, I mean, discernment is a very important part of this. There are times when you don't want to share your heart chakra, your heart flame with somebody else, right? Well, there are times when, you know, you can't, you know, God teaches people lessons. It puts them in circumstances to learn lessons. So don't take that lesson from them, you know? Yeah. Don't try and fix it so that they don't have to pass their own test. You know, that doesn't mean you aren't compassionate, you aren't kind, you know, give them a meal, listen to them or whatever, but they have to pass their test. You can't pass their test for them. The masters don't pass our test for us because, you know, we'd be robots if they did that. Well, we're not. So it's, again, it's that discernment. And don't allow people to monopolize your your light or your energy if they're not doing it in the right context or they're not making an effort themselves. And, you know, it takes discernment because, you know, a person may be making a tremendous effort um, but they're starting from such a difficult place that they can't make a lot of progress. So, you know, you have to ha- keep that compassion. But remember, sometimes compassion is not helping. Well, you just, I think, made a very important point that it bears repeating. We can't pass others' tests. You know, yeah. Despite the fact that we might want to, we might want to save them or preserve them from the tiger traps of the world, you can't take their tests for them because you basically handicap them. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. We learn through our mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we learned a few things mentally, but for the most part, you know, until you get your hand burned, you really don't learn. Pain is the price and, of And I want to add one more thing for our break here, Tom, is we can never be the judge of other people. We don't know what they're bearing. We don't know what their karma, what the pain they've got in their hearts. We have discernment, but we are not the judge. God is the judge. Right. Agreed. Well, and on that note, let's take a break. We'll be gone just for about a minute and a half or so, but we'll be here when you get back. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you for staying with us. We're back for a final segment on The Open Door. And today we're talking about all the relative shades of kindness. 
and uh, we've talked about sympathy and compassion, the difference between those two. We talked about a lot of things, frankly, um, and one of the points we wanted to make was we become what we practice. Yeah. Our behavior dictates probably who we are to a large extent. So if we want kindness, we can be kind. If we want to experience joy, we can be joyful. If we want to experience happiness, we can be happy. You know, have you ever seen people that seem to be really joyful and happy people and they think, well, you know, I don't know how they got to be like that, but they obviously don't have the problems I have. (laughs) Well, you know what? The reality is they do have the problems you have. They have made over time a conscious choice to embody joy or happiness Mm -hmm. in spite of what's going on in the world. And we talked about, you know, this, I think, in one of our shows about being joyful is not dependent on circumstances, you know? doesn't mean you're immune to circumstances, but you have made a choice. I am going to be a kind person. Why? I'm happy when I'm kind. I'm happy when I honor the Christ and others. I'm happy when I can give my gifts that might relieve a bit of pain or help someone on the path or give a word of encouragement. Isn't, isn't it wonderful to give encouragement to someone? You see the change in their face. You see them looking at new possibilities in their world. Mm-hmm. You have God within you. You're not a worthless sinner. You have a divine plan. You have a future. Seize it. Go after it. It's there if you'll take it, if you'll honor it. And all of a sudden, you, know, you see these things lift from yes. their face, these weights, these burdens, this condemnation. You know, people are bare weight. You know, take some light to them. Take some love to them. Give them a word of encouragement. They still got to pass their own tests. But you know what? We need each other. I couldn't make it on the path without my brothers and sisters. And I can tell you, I couldn't make it without the Ascended Masters. I need the understanding. I need the encouragement. I need a reminder. And, you know, you can remind me by being who you are. You don't have to tell me what to do. You can remind me of the light of God and the joy of God by being that in manifestation. Hey, oh, yeah. I want to be like that person. I want some of what he There's has. There's something in <laughs> him that I want. Yeah. Why are you different? How can I get that? What's the secret? You know, in, in the realm of enlightened self-interest, uh, being a good example is good karma. You know, I mean, what you're doing is not only helping others, but it's helping yourself. And I don't think it's a bad thing to say that. I don't think it's selfish to recognize that by doing good, you are good. You're affirming the nature of God. Yeah. And we've said before, people will know what you do even if they aren't physically present with you. The choices we make, people read at a soul level. And we've said this before, but it's so important. So, you know, if the tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, does it make any noise? If nobody's around and I do this, does it matter? Well, number one, it matters to me and my soul and to God, and it matters to other people because they will read you at a soul level. And I think maybe we've talked a little bit about the soul here. Compassion for our own souls, our inner child, (laughs) you know, and this is so important in the souls of others. You know, when people have behavior that we know is wrong behavior, it's self-destructive behavior, it's illegal or whatever, in many senses of the the word, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, we have to deal with that behavior on outer level. But we can't forget the soul that is within. That soul is in pain. And so even if someone has harmed you, we've talked about forgiveness, you forgive the soul Mm -hmm. because the soul is in the process of becoming. And so you deal with the outer as you have to. But remember, you can forgive the soul even if you don't forgive the outer activity or behavior of someone else. And so it is honoring that soul. Have compassion, if nothing else today, compassion on your soul and the soul of others. Tom, I, I'm just thinking, um, for our listeners, there may be some people out there who are saying, you know, I hear what you're saying. How do I start? I want to 
I want to start being a little bit more like that, but I don't know where to start. Do we have any, excuse me, any little booklet or a publication or something that can help people begin to be more kind? I mean, the Violet Flame, obviously, I Am Joy, you know, affirmations, things like that. Are there any products that uh, that people can can get that will kind of help them? Well, you know, I always think first of the pocket guides we have. Right. We've got Accessing Your Higher Self. Uh, the Violet Flame to heal body, mind, and soul. Um, even in relationships books, we've got you know how, how to expand love in your heart. I mean, okay. there's all kinds of things you can find there. If you go to our website tsl.org and just go to the bookstore and put in a search term that you know responds specifically to what you're looking for, whether it's heart or compassion, you'll probably find a number of choices. Okay. Um, I've not done that particular search, but I would not be surprised if there's not a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Relevant. You know, I, I think this is an important point here. This is not about self-hypnosis. I am going to be a nice person. I am going to be a nice person. You know, this is not what it's about. It's about the heart. How do we change the heart? Well, we begin, you know, yes, you look at your behavior in an outer level. and You know, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be sarcastic to my wife. I don't want to take a deep sigh, you know, and when something I don't approve of, you know. These are big things to work on. But even beyond that, what's the spiritual equation here? I know I have karma. Well, if I clear some of this karma... I'm going to feel better, number one. It's going to be a lot easier to be kind. And so I'm going to give the violet flame. I'm going to clean up my aura so I don't have all this debris in there that's not only a burden on my soul, but it's a burden on others. Mm -hmm. As I clean up my aura and transmute this substance, it's easier for my family, too. I'm I'm easier to be around, so to speak. And, (laughs) And instead of causing a weight on my family, maybe I can bring light to them or to my school or my job or whatever. So I'm going to work spiritually to clean myself up. You know, and learn how to invoke light, how to carry that light, because light is a manifestation of God, and use that light properly and giving to others and helping others. And you know what? You don't run out of light if you use it properly. When Jesus, you know, with the, the, the fish and the loaves, they didn't run out of fish. They didn't run out of that. They had extra left over, didn't they? They had a lot. So when you give to others and give in the right context and, and respecting that light, you're never going to run out of love. You're never going to ride, run out of kindness. You're never going to run out of the qualities of God. They're infinite when they're used properly. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to worry about, well, I better hold on to this light I've got here because, you know, I don't want to lose it. Well, you don't want to misuse it, but you want to use it according to God's will. And, and you can understand what God's will is in helping people and serving others, you know, and, and doing the things that people can't do for themselves. Yeah. So. We're talking about an equation here, not only an outer manifestation of behavior and action with the right motivations, the motivation of the heart and not the mind, but we're also talking about using spiritual tools to change the equation of our lives. It's like you take a medicine to you know, work to change you know, something in your bloodstream and you know, should be right. healthier. We're changing our light stream. We're learning how to use light. We're learning how to invoke it. We're learning how to be the servant of God and our brothers and sisters on planet Earth. And if you want to be happy, this is the absolute key. Yeah, and it presupposes that you want to. And, of course, we assume that you do. And we also understand that with inertia, that first step is vital. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the outcome is necessarily. Just taking that step is all that may be required. And once you begin that, the momentum will grow. And, and don't expect people to throw roses in your, in your way here as you go about this. I mean, look at the life of Mother Teresa. Yeah. You know, I mean, she gave and gave and gave. And, and you know, why does she do it? Because of the soul satisfaction of her love of God, her love of Jesus, and the love of God in manifestation around her. Indeed. And it can be an act of kindness that almost goes unnoticed by anybody else, but it is registered. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's the key is to do things and 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 hope nobody almost hope that nobody sees what you're doing when you're kind. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> just just for the joy for of the giving, joy of giving of being the instrument of God. You know, as I mentioned before, give encouragement, give hope to someone that is burdened. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the masters said once that the primary vibration of planet Earth is hopelessness. I, I remember reading that recently. How can we people have hope? I mean, look at the world. What are you kidding? You got hope? <laughs> you know, yeah. I have hope because God is in heaven. God is in my heart, is in your heart. And so, therefore, all, everything is possible. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we don't ignore the pain of the world, but we say, you know, we, you know Mother Teresa says you can't do great things. You don't do small things with great love. Do small wow. things with great love. I was trying to remember that quote. Thank you. <laughs> you know, before we close today, uh, we would suggest to people, anybody listening, and we do this ourselves too, is maybe extend yourself with a smile or a kind word to somebody that perhaps you don't normally relate to or maybe even routinely ignore. And I don't mean that in a malicious way. But um, see what happens. Because you never know, as we said earlier, what kind of burden that other person may be carrying. And that may be... That may be the, the magic key that opens their heart in a way that has not been opened perhaps in lifetimes. Right. So there's so much you can do, so much good you can do by simply extending yourself and being kind. And it doesn't mean you suddenly have a new best friend. You know, just try it out. See what happens. And in the, in, as you do that, be kind to yourself as well. Because you may not do it perfectly. That doesn't matter. Yes. You know? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> We've run out of tape. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Remember the old tape days? Oh, yeah, way, way back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, if you want to reach us, we're at webradio at tsl.org, yep. webradio at tsl.org. We love you out there. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Any, any, any last kind words, uh, Sid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Become God. That's Become our God. mission. Exactly And right. God is kind. You know, God may not be here today, but you are. Yep. So and they can the, see you. God's there, but they can't see God. They can see you. Indeed. And though the upward path may be difficult, that's right. The, the rewards, rewards are out of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's Seventh Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.